Welcome to Data Beats. Today, Kevin Hu, the CEO of Metaplane, is here to answer some questions about data observability. So here we go. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Totally my pleasure, Arpit. Uh, I see your face and your writing all over the data sphere nowadays, and it's such a pleasure to talk with you and learn that you're a musician. You know, I don't have that talent, but it's nice to meet someone who does. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, let's jump right in. First question for you, Kevin. Please tell us what exactly is data observability. Data observability is the degree of visibility you have into your data systems. And this visibility helps address many use cases from detecting data issues to understanding the impact of those issues or diagnosing the root cause of those issues. Right. Okay. So uh, there's, there's a fair bit of confusion in the, in the data observability space as there are many tools with varying cap capabilities. So, so let's try to address that. Uh, can you first describe what is data infrastructure monitoring? Infrastructure monitoring is a space that emerged decades ago, but really came to the fore around 10 years ago with the emergence of the cloud, like Amazon Web Services. So tools like Datadog and Splunk and New Relic help you understand whether your infrastructure is healthy. For example, how much free storage you have in your database, what are the median response times of your API or the RAM usage of an EC2 instance. And this is really critical for software teams, especially as they deploy more and more of their resources into the cloud. Got it. That makes sense. Uh, and now can you explain what is data pipeline monitoring? Pipelines, to put it simply, take A, turn it into B, and put it into C. And this is used across the data system, whether it's using Airflow to pull data from a first-party system into your data warehouse, or to tr transform data within a data warehouse, or even prepare features for machine learning. And data pipeline monitoring on the first level is trying to understand, are my jobs running? This is a surprisingly hard question to answer sometimes. But the level two question is, are my jobs running correctly? Right? As I take A, turn into B, and put it into C, is A what I expect? Is B what I expect? And was it loaded into C correctly? Right. Uh, you made it sound very simple. Great. Um, OK, so, so what about monitoring the actual data in the warehouse? How would you sort of describe that? So cloud data warehouses like Snowflake, Redshift, and BigQuery are increasingly the center of gravity of data within companies. To put it more simply, it's where you put everything. And a lot of applications, whether it's a BI tool like Liquor, a reverse ETL tool, a machine learning model, are kind of mounted on top of the warehouse. So data warehouse monitoring tries to understand whether the data within the warehouse that is used for all these systems is correct. OK. All right. Cool. Um, that makes sense. So now some observability tools also offer data cataloging and data lineage capabilities. Can you explain those briefly? Data cataloging tries to address the problem. What does this data mean? And there is a gap between how data is represented in a technical system to how it represents uh, business objects. So a data catalog is an easy way to attach semantic meaning to the objects within your data system. Here's how a metric is derived. Here is how a table is derived. So when the VP of data asks you about this revenue metric, you point them towards a data catalog 
as opposed to having to type out the answer. Data lineage solves the problem of understanding how data within your system relates to each other. So if you trace data all the way back to the source, either a machine created it or a human put it in. But rarely do the end users of data use that raw data. Right? This is in some ways the job of a data team is to turn that raw data into an analytics-ready form that can be used for many different purposes. Data lineage tracks it all the way from the source down to where it's used and sometimes beyond. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay, great. So, so where does data testing fit into the observability stack? We've talked about all of these different capabilities. So tell us about data testing. Yeah, just to be clear that data quality and data observability are two different things. Uh, specifically, data quality is a problem, right? People wake up in the world saying, shoot, I have to fix this data quality problem. Data observability is a technology that can help address the problem, but isn't a silver bullet. And it's similar to software, where if any tool says that they're going to fix all of your software bugs, they're lying. And the same thing is true for data observability tools. Like We can help you build better processes to measure your data quality and to help you identify issues, prevent them, and to resolve them. Uh, but we can't do everything for you. Uh, so testing fits in the picture because data quality is one of the core use cases that data observability addresses. And that testing is one particularly good way to catch issues. Right. Cool. That makes sense. So, uh, so do you think there should be like a single data observability solution that addresses all of these different issues? Or do you think a purpose-built best-of-breed solution uh, is a better approach for companies? Uh, the classic bundling, unbundling question. The most important thing that I care about is that we solve real problems for people. And the best way that we've seen teams introduce data observability into their data stack is to start small and to start simple. And typically that means having a very focused set of features with a very well-defined goal and then introducing that. And when it works, expand from there. So I don't have too much of an opinion on if, should, if you should bring on one on one tool or several best of breed tools. What I care about is that you bring on observability correctly and that you focus on very specific problems. Right. All right. Uh, time to switch gears. Uh, please tell us why is now a good time for companies to invest in a data observability solution and what are the downsides of not doing so? Metaplane, our customers kind of fall into two buckets. Uh, half of them say, okay, I'm building a data team from scratch and I want to get ahead of data observability. The other half of them, not by, you know, it's no fault of theirs, but something has happened internally and now they're kind of reacting to the issue. Now is the best time to bring on a data observability tool in the same way that now is the right time to bring on a software observability tool where 10 years ago, you might wait for your API to go down and your customers to complain before stepping back, having a post-mortem and saying, okay, we should bring on Datadog. But nowadays, Datadog is one of the first things that a backend team installs. The reason is that when an issue occurs, you have maximum historical context to both detect and resolve the issue. And that when an issue occurs, you don't have two problems, which is that you both have to fix the issue and you have to bring on a tool. So who is who is the typical user uh, of a data observability solution and, and 
who are the beneficiaries typically? A typical user is a data engineer or an analytics engineer. It depends on the size of the company. We have some customers with like 20 person teams and their first data hire brings on Metaplane. Other customers are like 10,000 person enterprises and their head of data governance brings us on. Uh, and the user of Metaplane is usually someone who is held responsible for data quality issues. Right? Who gets the pings when a dashboard is delayed, uh, but also has a bit of power to impact data quality issues. However, that's a very separate answer than who benefits from data quality. Ultimately, data is not created or consumed by the data team. Right? It's created by upstream teams, the engineering team migrating a schema in their transactional database, product and growth teams using, using segment to track uh, usage analytics events, uh, go-to-market teams inputting order forms. And it's used by those same teams. So when data quality improves, the entire company benefits, even though they might not call a data quality issue. They might say, hey, this number looks wrong, or this dashboard is delayed. Uh, which is very important to speak the language of your users when you're on your data team. Yeah, that resonates a lot because uh, I see this all the time, like good data infrastructure should ultimately benefit the entire business and it shouldn't be just for data teams to be more productive. So um, moving on, what are, what are the prerequisites in terms of the data stack for, uh, for a company to derive value from a data observability solution? If you have a database, you could get value out of it today. It doesn't have to be a cloud analytics data store. It could be Postgres or you know, your transactional database, something that you want to gain greater awareness, for example, about schema changes or if a row count drops or if some constraint is violated. You don't necessarily have to be on a data team either. right? But if you have that database, you can get value from it today. Cool. Uh, thanks a lot, Kevin. So uh, last question for you. What's the one piece of advice you have for companies that are evaluating a data observability solution today? We mentioned it before. Start simple. Right? You're busy. Everyone is busy. Data teams are especially busy because people are knocking on their doors and you're having to grow your team. Uh, so data observability shouldn't be a big headache to bring on. Right? You have many other things to do. So start simple. Bring on a tool in, for example, 10 minutes, create some simple tests like row count and freshness and schema tests across a broad swath of tables. And maybe if you have the time, dig in a little bit deeper on the most important tables based on usage and lineage, but just see how it works. Sometimes that might be enough. Sometimes you might want to 80-20 and go a little bit deeper and say, okay, I know that data observability works. So let's dedicate a bit more time to instrumenting more tests or adding more lineage. But don't try and uh, eat a watermelon all in one bite. Just bite by bite. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. That was, that was amazing. Totally my pleasure. And we'll be in touch. Take care, everyone. Yeah. Have a great day. Evaluating data solutions. Explore the modern data landscape on asterisk.com.